Greetings, citizens, and welcome to Unknown. I'm Jason McClellan. I'm here with Maureen Ellsbury and Shane Hurd, and we are grateful to you for hanging out with us today. Guys, we've reached 2019. It's a new year, and Maureen, you and I have now officially been researching and reporting on UFOs and other paranormal topics together for more than a decade. Congratulations, partner. That's a pretty big milestone. Wow. Um, that that feels crazy. Uh, we haven't gotten a lot done, have we? Well, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, when you put it all on paper, it's, it's kind of impressive. But, uh, you know, I think we're just getting started. So that's the exciting part. For sure. And hey, we've got I, some good stuff coming up. Yeah. Yeah, I say more spacing out Yep. as yeah. a fan. Well, we appreciate that for sure. And, and we're fans of spacing out too. So we'll see what we can do about that in 2019. And Shane, you and I have been doing lots of brainstorming together. And 2019 is shaping up to have some pretty fun projects we'll be working on. Are you as excited for 2019 as I am? Oh, yeah. Let's get it going. I, I, I'm i anxious to just leave 2018 in the dust, frankly. So <laughs> let's, let's look forward. <laughs> yeah, good riddance for sure. Well, yeah. today we're going to run through some of the UFO related things coming up this year that we're looking forward to. And we'll start with entertainment because there's a lot of entertainment coming up in the world of UFOs. And first up is a television special titled Roswell Mysteries Decoded. This is a show that features our fellow rogue planeteer, Ryan Sprague. It also features our friend and colleague, Frank Kimbler. And this trailer for this special doesn't really provide much detail about the premise of the show, but Ryan's been explaining that they, quote, explore the Roswell incident from a brand new perspective. We'll have Ryan on the show soon to talk more about it. But this special airs on January 10th, so it's coming up really soon, and it's going to be on the CW Network. It airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, and it'll be available on the CW's digital network, CW Seed, the following day. And this special is essentially serving as a pilot episode for a television series. That's their hope. So the network is using this special to gauge public interest. So I encourage everyone to tune in for this show so it has a better chance of becoming a series. So have you both seen the trailer for Roswell Mysteries Decoded? Yes, a sh very shadow Ryan, shadowy Ryan in the background <laughs> for half a second. Yes. Yeah, uh, I've seen it as well. Good stuff. And it's funny because multiple people have commented to me that, you know, congratulating me for being part of it and, you know, saying, <laughs> we heard Jason's voice. So, no, no, that's that's not my voice. I promise. I promise, guys, I'm not in this show. So. You know, I went that's back funny. and listened to it after after I saw that comment. And I was like, okay, well, I, I could sort of see how somebody would sure. think that possibly this was Jason, but sure. no, <laughs> unless you're not telling me something. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I would happily tell you guys, but I, I can promise everyone right now, no, I, I, I'm not in that show. Yeah, this will be interesting because as Ryan's been saying, he's trying to, they're coming at it from a brand new perspective. And you think that, is it possible to have a brand new perspective on the Roswell case, present, right. a good question. presenting it wise, researching. So I'm interested to see what they do. I think this is going to be more geared um, 
well, I think the benefit of this will be more geared towards younger generations because this is in tandem um, with the Roswell TV show reboot, which is, you know, a a teeny bopper uh, show. If you ever saw the one in the man, was that it was in the 90s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which I watched just for the hell of it, kind of. But it's not great by any means. We'll see. We'll see what how they do with the reboot. Yeah, I saw that thing when I had surgery and was off for three weeks and I needed to binge on something. So I watched the whole the whole thing. I think it was like three seasons. It wasn't bad. And I mean, again, at least it's, you know, UFO content. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the reboot. And I think that's the one that got um, Catherine Heigl her start in show yeah. business. Yeah, yeah that's right. Sure. She played a, a teen alien. You know, I think plenty of people will be downers about this show, this special, and, and grumble and say, oh, Roswell, why, why are we doing more about Roswell enough with Roswell already? But as we talk about so much on this show, you know, I, I certainly personally feel that Roswell has value and certainly will always have value as an important case in UFO history. And like you pointed out, Maureen, this is for a mainstream audience, for a younger audience. And I think that that introduction and, and certainly revisiting cases is something that should always be done and will always have value. Yeah, yeah this isn't I, geared towards UFO researchers. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we kind of sometimes we don't think about that is that, you know, we're familiar with that case like crazy. But, you know, there are a lot of people that aren't never even heard of it or barely heard about it. So, yeah, I don't think you can dismiss a case just because it's old and historic. I mean, there's value to it no matter what. And I do think this this show will will appeal to veteran UFO researchers um, because it, again, is about a topic that we all love. But it also features from the looks of it, it features some actual investigation. And as we pointed out before, I think Frank Kimbler has some material, some evidence worth looking into more than has been done. And hopefully they, they do that with this show. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. I'm going to have to wait till the 11th because I do not have television, so I can't watch the CW live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are going to watch it after the fact, and that's that's great. So we'll certainly have to do a debrief after it airs, and we'll we'll get Ryan on too to, to discuss it and to to ridicule let's, Ryan for his yeah, failings. Yeah, let's grill him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but it's cool for Ryan. That'll be neat. I think it's great. And again, uh, a major network like the CW doing a, an investigative show on the UFO topic. That's progress, my friends. That's progress. Yes. Yes, it is. Let's jump into something that I can't stop talking about because I am so excited for this show. And that is History's Project Blue Book. I know we've discussed it last year on this show, but guys, Project Blue Book is coming up. This is a brand new series. Um, It premieres on the History Channel on January 8th. This thing is so exciting to me because it's based on something real from UFO history. And it is so well produced. And history has thrown so much money at this show. I can't believe it. They're putting so much money into a UFO series. Yeah. Again, I don't have cable. So I'm going to have to buy the series on Amazon, which is kind of a bummer, but I'm sure, like you said, you've watched the first episode and said it was great. So I'm sure it's something then I won't feel bad at owning. Hopefully. No, I, hopefully that it'll be uh, 
as impressive as it already looks. Like yeah. you said, the production value is really high. So, I mean, if you just go into it with the right frame of mind that this is not a documentary, you know, it should be very appealing, I think. And I, I really hope they do get, uh, you know, a good response because it'd be great to see that thing continue on. Absolutely. Yeah, I think obviously there's, you know, even 701 cases that haven't been solved by Project Blue Book. And that's a lot of material for a, a, a fiction TV show, I think, to cover even. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, I, I've been describing this, this show to people, you know, saying that if you like The X-Files, you'll, you'll certainly like this because it is a fictional show. It's, it's just a drama. It's not a documentary, um, but it's based on something real. And so if you like the X-Files, you'll like this show because it's, again, about the UFO topic. And I describe it to people as a, a sort of X-Files period piece. I've also heard the people behind the show des describe it as sort of a hybrid of Mad Men and the X-Files. And that's a really good way to describe it, too. Um, they've done a really good job with the visuals on this show, with the production, with the writing. And the people behind the show are giant UFO geeks as well. And I think that helps. They've got Hynix Kids as consultants on the show. And again, history is putting so much money into this, not just into the show, but also into UFO sort of public education. If you look on their website, you follow their social media channels, they are just churning stuff out left and right, um, you know, related to the show and not related to the show, just things about UFOs in general with UFO sightings and things like that. Um, and I think that's really cool to see. And certainly in the past few weeks, because of all the press, the blitz they've been doing, hyping up this show, there's been a lot of attention on J. Allen Hynek, the person who the lead character in the show is based off. So you're getting this public introduction, if you will, the mainstream public is being introduced to J. Allen Hynek, this key figure in the history of UFO research. And that is just so unreal to see. I think it's fantastic. Absolutely. And I actually just ordered the series right now while we were talking. <laughs> All right. Way to go. Hey, if you don't like it, yell at me. But Knowing you, I think you're going to love it. I'm going to love it. Again, I, I mean, it's, it's just a fun show. If you like UFOs and if you like dramatic TV series, I mean, how could you not like that? It's it's taking your interest it's <laughs> and putting it on the screen. You're watching TV anyway. You watch shows that aren't about UFOs, so you can watch a show about UFOs. It's, it's pretty awesome. And again, it's not 100% accurate. It's not going to be. It's a TV show. But again, it's a TV show that's about the topic that we all love. And that's a win in my book. Yeah, Absolutely. me too. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think is going on with that, that that so much UFO programming is coming out now and uh, just recently and then slated for the next year? I mean, I'm totally stoked about it. It's exciting because, like you said, it's mainstreaming of a topic that we all love. But I, I wonder why why this all this stuff is happening right now. Well, I, I think obviously it has a lot to do with um, there being a spotlight on government programs and things like that at the moment. But, you know, there always has been these big UFO shows that were um, big budget that were set to get approved. Jason, do you remember the name of that one we were really excited about? It was remember they were going to make a Area 51 show right. or Chris something? Carter was going to do that with Annie Jacobson. Yeah, that was in production. Yeah. I don't know what happened to that. I haven't heard. Yeah, about I vaguely that. remember that as well. Yeah. What happened to that? <laughs> yeah. But Just kind of they were talking about it for a while and disappeared a uh, 
clearly didn't make the cut. So, but yeah, you know, there, I think there's always been a, a surge of UFO shows and, you know, Jason and I both have had this happen over the years where we'll get a lot of uh, production companies contacting us like in a rush and all of a sudden like five shows are trying to be developed uh, and then it'll go silent for eight months to a year. And then all of a sudden TV networks are interested again. So I think the paranormal topic has its ebbs and flows, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And um, when they see that there's a need for it right now, uh, the subjects coming up a lot that they realize that there's money to be made in that programming and mm -hmm. they're for it. So, well, here, here's, yeah. here's my take on it. Uh, the Hollywood has always had a love affair with the UFO topic. UFOs and extraterrestrials have always been there. And some of the top grossing movies of all time are extraterrestrial related films. If you look True. back year after year, and if you were to put it on paper and look at, you know, some of the biggest movies from that year, or just look at the programming that's come out on TV, in theaters, whatever, there's always an extraterrestrial presence. And when you look at it on paper, it's a lot more than you realize, especially when you start looking at, you know, cartoons and programs aimed at children, like aliens and UFOs are, are a constant um, in those programs. So I think it's always there. I don't necessarily know that we're seeing more now. Um, I do know when you're involved in this topic on a professional level, you certainly pay attention to it more. So it might seem like there's more, but it's always been there, man. And, and year after year, we always see it. And, you know, even years ago, I think it was even more prevalent because you would see it in a large number of, of commercials that were on TV. You looked at Super Bowl ads, you know, the most expensive, mm -hmm. um, highest profile commercials of the year. And a handful of them featured an extraterrestrial theme. And this was several years ago. I mean, things were really popping then. So I don't necessarily know or agree that we're seeing more of it now, but you know, the History Channel has certainly veered more to the extraterrestrial topic um, in recent years, and that's largely due to the success of ancient aliens. They they see that the demand is there and they need to make money, so they're embracing it 100%. And that's great. I love it. Yep, I'll take whatever we can get. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of UFO and extraterrestrial-related shows on TV and in the theaters this year. Um, we all know several people who have been in the production phases of various TV shows. And like Maureen pointed out, that, you know, happens all the time. So we'll see how many of these see the light of day. We'll keep our fingers crossed. And I just realized we're not talking about uh, Dana and Greg Newkirk's new uh, documentary five piece that's going to be released this week. Yes. Trying to remember that it's a five-year investigation based in this cave in Kentucky, and it relates to um, the Kelly Hopkinson Hopkinsville case um, that you know was an inspiration for ET and other things. But um, that's how it got started. They got contacted by this guy that said there were weird. Um, he thought there were weird creatures living in the cave, um, and so that comes out this week, and it's free to watch online. Um, now I'm now I'm like rushing to try to find out where. <laughs> yes, find <laughs> where out. I, be, I believe it's hellier.com, right? Hellier.com. Yes, I think that's correct. it. Um, but you'll you, you can watch it there, but you can also watch it on various video on demand sites. I forget them all, but it seems like it's easily 
accessible for anybody to watch and they're putting it all out at the same time. The production value on that looks really cool. If you're a fan of paranormal investigations, fan of uh, Kelly Hopkinsville goblin uh, UFO case, this is going to be something you want to check out. Absolutely. Uh, all episodes on January 18th, it looks cool. like. Okay, awesome. now you can continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, again, there'll be plenty of shows coming out, and uh, we'll certainly discuss those as we hear about them. I'm excited to see what happens with Ryan's show on a CW and Project Blue Book. That's just going to be a, a sort of a storm that continues all year long. I'm excited to see what that uh, does in terms of other programming, public interest in UFOs, etc. So that sort of lets me roll into talking about conferences and events coming up in 2019 that we're excited about and think that should get some special attention. And I guess I'll mention AlienCon first because we just talked about Project Blue Book. Um, AlienCon is rolling into its, I think, fourth year. I don't remember exactly. But AlienCon is essentially a large ancient aliens fan fest. It's put on by the people, the creators of ancient aliens. And it is just a ginormous convention that takes over an entire convention center. It's huge. Um, I spoke at it when it was in Baltimore recently, and the next one is going to be in Los Angeles. That takes place on June 21st through the 23rd. And, in Baltimore, Project Blue Book had a huge presence, again, because this is History Channel, a &E. They were putting tons of money into it. The people behind the show were there doing panels, talking about the show. Paul Hynek was there talking about life growing up with his dad, Jalen Hynek, this UFO scientist. Um, so I can only guess that after the show has been launched, it's going to still have and, and perhaps have a larger presence at Alien Con in Los Angeles. I'll be there again this year. Um, I would venture to say several of the Rogue Planeteers will be there as well. So all the information for Alien Con is at thealiencon.com. I need to drag you both to Alien Con this year, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have it on my calendar. I'm, I'm planning to attend, hopefully. So Yep, penciled in for me too. I didn't know <laughs> what to expect from it, right? Because, again, this is completely different from a typical UFO conference. UFO conferences are largely academic. You go and listen to mm -hmm. lecture after lecture after lecture, and that's what it is. And there, there might be a vendor room where people are selling books and things like that. But AlienCon, its premise is focused on one single show. I couldn't believe how many people turn out for this thing. And you realize what a large impact Ancient Aliens as a show has on popular culture and the mainstream public. Just tens of thousands of people there passionate about this show. This is their introduction to the UFO topic. And these are people who aren't necessarily in the UFO community in any capacity. They're, they're viewers of the show. They're very passionate about the subject, but they don't go out to conferences. They don't necessarily do any research, but they like the topic. And in many cases, they've had personal experiences and they want to explore this topic further. So this audience was, was really exciting to be around because they were excited to be there in a place where they could discuss the topic of UFOs in sort of a safe space, right? Because 
We still have the, the stigma associated with UFOs to deal with. And these people especially feel it because it's new to them. They haven't talked about UFOs to anybody in their personal life. So being able to come to AlienCon was like their introduction to realizing this is a topic that, yes, you can talk to people about. It's okay. But they felt it was their safe space. So it was like this this party, weekend party, where they could just celebrate their their UFO nerdiness. And it was really fun to see. I think that's that's kind of the feeling we get um, when we speak at Comic-Con conventions and people don't really understand like why we're doing that. Sometimes we've, we've had questions and you know what the panels at Comic-Con, the people are generally, or, you know, like actually interested in the subject and they're not the people you normally see coming to UFO conferences, but they're super excited to learn and they're, uh, excited to share their experiences. And I, I have more fun talking at those events than at events where people know everything allegedly already and, you know, aren't, aren't intrigued and they already have their mindset and they want to be like, no, you're, you're incorrect. I want to throw my opinion on this. Uh, and we, we saw that at the UFO Congress many times, um, people will get upset if it's not the, the view they want projected by a certain speaker when, other places they're they're eager to hear what you have to say and go study more about it yeah yeah that's yeah right. it's awesome i didn't i didn't know what to expect with it um i haven't attended it yet but i definitely plan on doing so but it kind of reminds me a little bit of the difference too like when we went to the um roswell fest um last yeah. july and it it was a whole different dynamic inside to, you know, ufology that, you know, I wasn't exposed to because I've, I've just attended the conferences and guys really described well what the look and feel of that is. Uh, but when you go to something that's more of a festival, which I think Alien Con is, is more like, um, it's just a whole bunch of fun, freer, you know, um, experiences that, that are so different that, you know, it really place to the fun side of the topic because the topic is fun but sometimes in the conferences it's a little more you know serious and for all the reasons you mentioned i'm um marine so i i I don't know i i'm really looking forward to it just that whole different feel and vibe and um i'm sure it's going to be a fun experience yeah i i do encourage it um or endorse it for for anybody who is interested in UFOs and, you know, either looking for just a easy event to go to that's not, you know, heavy on research or, you know, stuffy or any place you feel like you're going to be judged for not being a level 12 ufologist or anything like that. So what is a level 12 ufologist? I don't think anybody wants to know. Yeah, I certainly don't want to know. Sounds cool, though. (laughs) Sounds cool, but also sounds like you might be kind of a douchebag. So yeah, just my opinion. So I I think it's great. And they're, they're doing such a great job with bringing in more people, more speakers really bumping up their programming. Their programming is just so it's, it's incredible how much there is. They have room after room after room filled with programming running at the same time. The problem there is you really have to map out your day because you're going to have to miss something that you really want to see because all this stuff is running concurrently. So, you know, somebody's speaking in one room and there are five other rooms going on at the same time. So you really have to map out your favorite talks that you want to see and go to those. But I was really surprised at a mainstream, you know, pop culture event like AlienCon to see how popular 
the experiencer sessions were. So Ryan Sprague actually led an experiencer session. And for those of you who don't know, this is something that we did a lot at the UFO Congress. And, you know, it's, it's where um, people have an opportunity to come in a room together and share their personal experiences or just listen if they feel that, you know, they've, they've had a, a UFO sighting or, or they believe that they've had contact with extraterrestrials or things like that. So they come and basically share their story and everybody sits around and listens to it, sort of like a support group, basically. Um, mm-hmm. This was, you know, in a medium-sized room there at AlienCon, but it filled up, man. It was, it was packed. I didn't, didn't expect, you know, this crowd to come and be interested in that type of thing, but they really were. And Ryan did a great job leading that and, and encouraging people to share stories. And it was really cool to see. And I, I heard disappointment from people that there weren't more of those sessions running mm. throughout the weekend, but that totally blew me away because that's not what I was expecting from the, you know, uh, entertainment convention crowd. Sure. Looks like, um, for anybody that's interested, the regular three day pass is now $124. So for three days, um, of a lot of programming, that's not unexpected or, or overly high. That's actually a pretty fair ticket price, I think. Absolutely. And again, these things, uh, you know, there's going to be tons of fun stuff to see. It's just a fun atmosphere. Um, There's a big, big vendor hall, lots of stuff to see. There will be celebrities there. They do have celebrities on the programming and being in L.A., um, in our experience, UFO related events that happen in or around L.A. draw celebrity attendees because there are so many people, including celebrities interested in this topic. So the fact that it's going to be in LA, I suspect there will be lots of celebrity types just in attendance as well. So you can do some, some star sighting if, if you're interested in that, but they have photo ops and stuff. You can take pictures of people, get autographs, that type of thing. So that's cool. But yeah, there's the, again, these things are social. The thing is hanging out with people, like-minded people talking about this topic and going across the street, wherever that may be, if the convention center doesn't have its own bar and coming and <laughs> hanging out with your fellow rogue planeteers here. And we would be happy to drink with you. And <laughs> because you know, you're going to find us at the bar is what Jason yeah. is saying. <laughs> yes, that's right. No, that's, that's, that's where the good conversation happens. Yeah. That's certainly what Ryan and I were doing in Baltimore. So we had some great conversations there. So. Well, Maureen, you brought up Comic-Cons. I know. So that's coming up. So um, Jason and I, for our first year ever, you know, we've we've spoke at Denver for the last four years. We are going to be speaking at Emerald City Comic-Con in my home city of Seattle. So super excited about that. We're doing a panel on real life X-Files, uh, strange stories from uh, government paranormal investigations and, and stories of our own investigations. So... Oh, yeah. Um, super psyched on that. I've never spoken in Seattle before, so um, excited to see what sort of crowd comes to that. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea. It could be small. It could be large. But yeah, we're speaking on Friday. Uh, I think it's March 17th at 6.30 p.m. So th- anybody think, in the area? I think it's the 15th. Is it? Okay, never mind. I think Sorry. it's the 15th. I think the 15th. event runs the 14th through the 17th. I You're think right. 15th is a Friday, but... Correct. Whatever that Friday is, that's when we're speaking. Yeah, nice. and and Jason's wife is is going to be the moderator. Allegedly, oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> but all the information for Emerald City Comic Con is at emeraldcitycomiccon.com, and we'll have more more details as we get closer to the event. 
Excited for that, Maureen. That's going to be fun. I'm so glad this is your first time speaking in Seattle. That's going to be a, a fun experience to have with you. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And I'm like, I know a few people that are already attending uh, Comic Con that I've, I've told them to show up to the panel. But speaking in front of people you know too is a little intimidating. <laughs> it sure is. I mean, I just had to speak in front of Shane, and that was really uncomfortable. Really? Oh I man! Could feel, you I, did could, awesome. I, I could no. feel your judging eyes just like staring oh, at me, Reddick. shaking uh, your I head. I was in the back row, Marine. I was jumping up and down and leading cheers and everything. <laughs> go, Jason! Go, Jason! Jason! I did all that. <laughs> Were you wearing it like a Jason shirt or an I unknown did. podcast shirt? Uh huh. He had Absolutely. his. He, he took his shirt off. He had it. his chest painted. Oh, nice. <laughs> Feel free to fly to, to Seattle and do similar cheerleading at our Comic-Con panel. Okay, I'll pencil that in, too. That oh, Shane, you are, you are a great cheerleader. I appreciate your support. <laughs> well, another yeah. event that I have to mention, because Shane and I are both in Phoenix, and that's the International UFO Congress. Now, it's going to be, I don't know about you guys, but I am very, very curious to see the Congress this year. Because it's going to be like a brand new conference, in my opinion, because the conference is moving, not only in the time of year it's taking place, but also physical locations. It's always happened in February, and this year it's happening in September, all the way in September. It runs from September 4th through the 8th in Phoenix, in downtown Phoenix. The conference has moved from way far removed from Phoenix, out in the middle of nowhere, to downtown Phoenix. It's going to be at the Sheraton downtown. That's just going to be an interesting vibe, I think. Um, I don't know, Shane. What do you think? Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be very different. I mean, where it was held before, it's, you know, kind of out in the desert, and it's, you know, got the the Native American vibe and it's cool and relaxed and, and all that. And now it's going to be in the heart of downtown and that, that hotel is a beautiful hotel. It's very, you know, trendy and yeah, the whole vibe's going to change, I think, but I'm really looking forward to it too. I, you know, it'll be bigger. They'll be able to accomplish more, I think. Um, and that's good for the IUFOC certainly. And it'll be just interesting to see what it does to the, to the crowd and who, who comes and, you know, just how, how it flows, you know, because it's where, where it was, was, you know, the, the environment really had a big effect on it. Uh, so we'll see how it goes here. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to do, uh, a separate night walk sky watch where they go. Cause they're not going to see anything in downtown Phoenix. So, oh, no. um, uh -huh. They maybe they have scheduled a little excursion or something. Who knows? Um, it'll be interesting. Yes, because I mean, in the past, most people know Jason and I were uh, two of the main organizers of the conference for uh, upwards of what eight years or so. Jason, I don't know. Anyways, something long like time. that. Yeah. And every year, people would come up to me, and again, they're trying to grow, so this is not necessarily something that they should, you know. Uh, put their plans around. But a lot of people were like, please don't move the conference. Please don't move the conference. Please don't move the conference. Because mm -hmm. we, for a while, we were pushing to move it to Vegas. Right. But um, yeah, a lot of people use it as their vacation every year um, and come out to the desert. So now it'll be interesting to see how that develops. And maybe they'll um, be able to diversify the crowd a lot from just not only the the diehard people that have been coming for 15, 16 years, but the uh, or 20 years, however long, um, but but newer generations and people mm -hmm. that just want to pop in 
from downtown Phoenix. So. Absolutely. It makes it so much more accessible. It's easier to get to you. I mean, and even mm -hmm. for me, like being in Phoenix, it was a pain in the ass driving out to Fountain Hills to go to the conference, you know, whereas this is right in downtown Phoenix. Um, there's so much stuff around, tons of great restaurants, great bars. Again, pop across mm -hmm. the street and you'll find me and Shane at, at mm. any number of bars. Come talk UFOs <laughs> with us. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's huge. It's, it's really easy to get to and from the airport. So I think it's it's huge for all of those reasons. But yeah, you bring up a good point with the Skywatch. Uh, I'm sure they'll shuttle people out for that. And I guess that's easier doing group shuttle away instead of, you know, having every single attendee shuttle from the airport to even get to the event itself. True. Very <laughs> um, true. But, you know, you, you mentioned the, the, the fear certainly of moving the conference from its established location, but you and I, Maureen, heard that so much when we first moved the conference, when Open Minds acquired it and we moved it from its home in Laughlin, Nevada to Phoenix, Arizona. And there was so many people pleading with us to not move it because they were used to it being in Laughlin. However, one year after moving it, we more than doubled the attendance of the conference. And wow. shortly after that, you know, that's when we got the attention of Guinness World Records as establishing the largest annual UFO conference in the world. So, you know, you look at it from a comfort standpoint, from a familiarity standpoint of people like, oh, you know, I'm used to it being here. I like it being here. But at the same time, you're trying to balance that with introducing new people to the event, making the event more accessible to a larger number of people. And I think that's that's the priority you have to take. Um, that being said, you know, the the essentially the the old version of the UFO Congress is back this year, there's an event called, what is it called? The, the mega UFO con or something, mm. which, which what's that? What is, is that really what they're calling it? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's run by Bob Brown, the former yeah. owner of the UFO Congress. So it's essentially the old, old crowd of people who, who used to be doing the, the international UFO Congress before open minds acquired it. So that vibe is back. It's back in Laughlin. So people who remember the old days of the, of the UFO Congress will be able to enjoy that in Laughlin back in, in old back at the Aquarius, back at the Aquarius. Yeah. So it'll feel, uh -huh. feel very similar to anybody who, who was there in the old days of the Congress. Maureen and I remember that well. Oh yeah. We, and that was when it was like nine days, nine long. days long oh, and wow. we had to be there early and late. So, yeah. um, Jason and I both as, as vegetarians at the time, Jason's now a, yep. holy cow, they have a lot of the old speakers too. Yeah. A lot of the old speakers <laughs> for um, sure. I, I was like, is this roster from 2009? Um, no, uh, there's not a lot of options for, for eating for us. So we both felt really awful after nine days um, but hopefully they've, they've improved their restaurants. Yeah. Right. It's, it's funny looking at, you know, that event and they really are, you know, it's, it's nostalgic. They're going back and recapturing essentially exactly what the Congress was in Laughlin. Um, so the name is, is, is perfectly descriptive. I think the, it is a UFO mega conference, but UFO Megacon to me, <laughs> my initial reaction to that makes me think that that's something that Stephen Greer would do, you know? Oh, yeah. Zing. Yeah. Mega con. <laughs> I'm running a mega con here. Mega. Sorry. So, yeah. 
Nine yeah. days would be hard to take of anything when you think about it nowadays, right? Our attention span's not that long. <laughs> I'd have trouble paying attention for nine days. Well, it, so it, it, it's, it's probably it's wise to trim that back. Physical, it becomes an issue. Just your physical ability to do anything that long when you're essentially living at a hotel. Living um, in a living casino, in, let's in put it a that casino way. And in a convention center. I mean, number one, hotels already, their air is very dry, but... You're in Laughlin in a casino and it was just, you know, those, those casinos aren't as modern as the casinos in Vegas. They don't have the air purification systems that work as as efficient as the ones in Vegas. So it's just a cloud of smoke all the time. So you're just like living in a thick cloud of smoke for nine days in dry air. It just, I don't know. It took me probably a month or two to get all that crap out of my lungs oh, and be man. able to function again. <laughs> Not just like, to mention we were smoking cigars and drinking Bloody Marys nonstop at the hotel bar. <laughs> oh yeah. You're at a hotel and a casino to boot. So you're getting free drinks and yeah, no, that's, that's not good for, for nine days. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I, when I go to Vegas, days. I go for two days and I'm done. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so another event that's coming up, not too crazy far away is the close to me, the McMinnville, uh, yes. UFO fest. I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I want to try to attend this year. Last year I couldn't. And, um, Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp were both speaking. Um, so they haven't announced who's speaking yet, but it's, I think it's mid May, May 14th, maybe. I don't know. Let me look. I believe that's um, correct. Yeah. You look it up, but I, I would encourage people to check out this year because I wouldn't be surprised if you might happen to see Jeremy and or George again this year. Just probably, saying. Yeah. Just saying. So, yeah, it's it's May 16th through the 18th. So I think, you know, it's it's not a, a crazy drive for me. So I might I might go down this year. And we'll to see. your point, Shane, I mean, this this is a lot like Roswell, you know, so for anybody who likes that kind of atmosphere, this is this is a festival, right? Yeah. It's not this serious academic thing where you're sitting down and listening to lectures. I mean, they do have presentations, but it is a a celebration, a a town festival. So it really has that fun atmosphere. Yeah. It's only three and a half hours. I think I just have to do that. That's awesome. Not a bad drive. Yeah. Now this one is based, is it, um, was it the Paul Trent photos or whatever? Correct. Nearby. And this stems from that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That'd be an interesting one to go to. Absolutely. Yeah. Ugh, the, the Trent photos are obviously a very highly controversial case as well. Um, people haven't heard about it. Definitely look it up. Um, basically trying to figure out whether this guy hoaxed these photos or not. And they are, um, I, you can probably find them pretty easily online. Just Google Trent photos yeah. and uh, look into it. And there's been, uh, I believe, um, didn't... Um, Bruce McAbee yeah. do an analysis on, yeah. yeah. So, so go check him out and you can uh, look at all the analysis that he did and, and decide on what you think yes. personally. Form your own opinion. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm well, not going to say what I think. Well, they're at least, I'd have to say, pretty iconic photos, right? When you look at, you know, ufology, you know, those are some of the ones that pop up right away. Aren't they considered like some of the first UFO photos? Or maybe mm-hmm. the first UFO photo. Yeah, and this was this was they're from the nineteen fifty like nineteen fifty I think. So. Yeah, it was nineteen fifty. Yeah, yeah. You can go to uh, brumac dot com Bruce McAbee's site, and he's got just you know tons of excellent data on it. Right. All right. 
Let's talk about books, guys, because there are always UFO books coming out. And this one, I want to say, caught me off guard, but at the same time, didn't. Because I've been looking forward to a book from this guy for a long time, and that's John Greenwald. John Greenwald has been uh, ankles deep in (laughs) UFO-related research for a very long time, and, and files specifically, military files obtained through the Freedom of Information Act. And John finally announced not too long ago that he's got a book coming out. It's called Inside the Black Vault, The Government's UFO Secrets Revealed. And the reason I'm so excited about this is because, again, I'm a primarily an evidence guy. I like being able to, and a journalist, so I like being able to cite to sources and see where claims are being made. And what John does through Freedom of Information requests is get actual documentation. Now we can debate whether or not the information in that documentation is valid, if it's true, if it's a hoax, if it's been planted, or the interpretation of what that data is telling us. However, it's still a physical thing you can point to, and I love that. So John's got his book, Inside the Black Vault, The Government's UFO Secrets Revealed. I can't wait to dive into it. It's available for pre-order right now at insidetheblackvault.com. Went on on pre-order just like a couple hours ago, in fact. I believe that is correct. So congrats to John. I know he's been working hard on this and, you know, it's been his become his life's work dealing with all of this, these, uh, these documents, these government files. So congrats on the book, John. We'll get John on the show sometime in the near future to talk about it. But I know that's a a huge accomplishment and I'm sure he's breathing a sigh of relief having that almost out. Yeah. And it can't be easy writing books with two small children running around either. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'll look forward to it, too. I love documentation. And, you know, there's a few publications or books out there that are kind of great reference documents. And who knows, maybe this one will be one of those where uh, researchers will always go back to that book because uh, of the documentation that he's got in there should be pretty outstanding. I'm, I'm excited for it as well. All right, guys, anything else we need to talk about that we're looking forward to in 2019? I know there's so much stuff and there's going to be so much that rolls out here as the the year gets going. But anything else we've missed? Um, nothing that has uh, enough public information to talk about yet. So it's very responsible of you, Maureen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, we'll have to talk a little offline here. <laughs> <laughs> well, what events, books, shows, or other UFO-related things are you looking forward to in 2019? We invite you to come join us in the Rogue Planet Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Rogue Planet and let us know what's got you excited in the coming year. You can find more episodes of Unknown on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, YouTube, you know, all the podcast places. Of course, you can always find this show at RoguePlanet.tv. RoguePlanet.tv is your home for all the strange. It's also where you can get your own unknown t-shirt from the Rogue Planet store. Just go to store.RoguePlanet.tv. Thanks again for hanging out with us today. I'm Jason McClellan. I'm Maureen Ellsbury. I'm Shane Hurd. Do us a favor, friends. Stay strange. Stay strange.